Welcome back to the Craps Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host and commissioner, Andrew Zurich. Today is September 28, 2021. Fall is officially underway, has been for a little bit here. Weather still remaining nice and some fantasy records not so nice. Some good, some bad. Uh, but there's a lot of mediocrity going on here. There's some 2-1-1s, there's some 1-2s. Unfortunately, there's just 1-0-3. You know who you are. Uh, the funny thing is, and we'll go over some ECR uh, power rankings today from f a little help from our friends at Fantasy Pros. Yes, our friends is in my friends. Yes, I pay for a subscription, but it helps me out quite a bit. Uh, we'll go over that today, and then we'll do our... Our typical week three recap into week four matchups here. Uh, let's start from the top to bottom. Jake the Snake, Pontiac Bandits, week three recap, 128 victory for Jake the Snake over Pontiac Bandits at 120. Uh, big day for Tom Brady. Looks like that guy's averaging about 30 points a game at 44 years old. I know I kind of mention his age every week here, but it is pretty astounding that he's getting that many fantasy points on a on a regular basis, which is funny because a couple years back when he was on, uh, you know, not a couple years back, but even just three years ago when he was a New England Patriot, like his numbers were nowhere near as good, which just goes to show you how incredibly potent uh, Tampa Bay's offense actually is. Terry McLaurin, just 10 points, nothing major there. Mike Evans, a bigger game uh, with 18. Just, I mean, bigger as in like more than his projection. Nothing incredible, but Antonio Brown was out. So he did have a little bit more targets coming his way. Antonio Gibson with 17, finally finds pay dirt. DeAndre Swift with 23 points. That guy's looking better and better every week. Jared Cook, uh, a stinker at five points. I'm obviously streaming tight ends here. Uh, Aaron Jones in the flex. Uh, he's at the late games quite often, actually. He's He's got 17 points. He's got 82 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. I like that he's got... So many touchdowns on the year, not sustainable, but the yardage and the volume is still good. Carolina's defense was sort of a good pickup against Houston on a Thursday night game where Tyrod Taylor was going to play a backup quarterback, but they didn't do nearly as much as I thought they were going to do. 24-9 uh, to victory, uh, four sacks for eight points in total. On the opposite side of the ball, we've got Patrick Mahomes. Ryan was debating playing Patrick Holmes or Lamar Jackson. He definitely made the right choice. Uh, Lamar Jackson ends up with 24.9. My projected points was 24.4. Uh, Stephon Diggs, very quiet game, 12.62 yards off six catches. Josh Allen did have a big game, though. We'll get to that later. DJ Moore, this guy's a stud. Um, he's going to continue to have big weeks with Christian McCaffrey out. Even when McCaffrey's back in, he's going to be used in an offense. And uh, they've definitely made an upgrade to the quarterback position. Not that Teddy Bridgewater was awful last year. It just kind of goes to show uh, when you have a quarterback that can pass instead of run, like uh, we're very accustomed to seeing with Cam Newton, uh, it's quite different. Damian Harris, just two receptions, 14 rushing yards, negative three yards in the air. An absolute stinker. Uh, he's RB25 moving forward. So, I mean, you're looking right outside the the RB2 territory is like the highest of the high for RB3 flex spot play, but 3.10 points, not enough. Kenyon Drake should have a bigger workload, um, but even according to all the other fantasy podcasts, the fantasy podcast, Kenyon Drake's usage is just going to be that scat back. George Kittle finally has himself a good game. He needed it. He's questionable going into next week. Of course, the man is very injury prone, 92 receiving yards. Off seven catches and nine rushing yards. Um, 
Then we've got Devontae Adams. I mean, you'd expect nothing less. 31 points from him, 132 yards, 12 catches, one receiving touchdown. And then the LAD uh, only putting up three points, but it was versus Tampa Bay. They got three sacks, uh, which is surprising. They let Brady get sacked even that much. Again, coming out on top here, Jake the Snake, 128 to 120. Next matchup is Blood Brothers versus Hans Molman. Um, talk about like a power ranking compared to record show here. We'll, and obviously, Galus is the anomaly, which we will continue to refer to when we do this. But Hans Molman is one or two in the power rankings from week one to two. And that obviously is going to fall a bit with Christian McCaffrey out for really an undisclosed amount of time. I'm not convinced it's just a two to three week injury. Uh, we'll see as time goes on. What's frustrating with these top backs is you hear hamstring and you're like, okay, great. That really has no definitive timetable, especially for a guy like Christian McCaffrey. And you just think to yourself, like you're, you're playing the short term, right? Obviously best case scenario, you want him back. You hope it's not bad, but it's like, it could go up to that eight weeks and they're not really going to give you much information to go off of other than week to week. So you just have to write them out, especially with your number one draft pick. Like you're not going to trade them away for lesser parts. It just doesn't work like that. So it's, it's frustrating. The injury sucks for Jeff. The injury sucks for fantasy football. Uh, the in- injury obviously sucks when you've got him starting this week and he only puts up six points um, on his side of the ball deck. Prescott had a good game last night. Uh, three touchdowns, 240 yards. He did lose a fumble. Tyler Lockett with four for 31. These are his four games. If he doesn't have a touchdown, he his uh, passing volume is relative to what it usually is, a little bit lesser. But uh, Rondell Moore, just 2.4 points. Um, Christian McCaffrey, we said, got six points, 31 rushing yards off two catches for nine yards. Saquon Barkley finally finding pay dirt, six catches in that game too. Uh, he looked good. He looked really good. He, he, he does look like he's turning or is just at the corner to turn. Uh, Kyle Pitts, 35 on two catches. F- frustrating usage from him in Atlanta. It, I want to see him use more. He is, he is very good. He is very talented. Atlanta needs to find ways to get him the ball and not just make it the Calvin Ridley show. Uh, Amari Cooper, He'll do this to you, three for 26. Jeff and I kind of went back and forth to to trade a wide receiver for a wide receiver, and it was like, do I trade Mike Evans for Amari Cooper? It's practically the same guy. I mean, the benefit for me is not having a stack on my team with Evans, and then I can just put in Antonio Brown when I feel like it. Um, He had the Arizona defense, though, which put up 21 points. Arizona against Jacksonville, 31 to 19. This is your typical... Uh, way that you used to be able to do it is you used to just play any defense that was playing Jacksonville. And now it looks like you can start doing that again. I, I don't know how Jacksonville regressed so much. It looked like they were making some strides. Um, they, they did start using James Robinson more, which was encouraging for offensive production because they have none outside of him. Uh, a little bit to DJ Chark, but like I said, I mean, there's really not much to work with. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is being thrown to the wolves over there. On the opposite side of the ball, Josh Allen with his phenomenal four t- pass down or, or four pass down touchdown games, four passing touchdowns. He had 358 yards and a rushing touchdown, five TDs on the day. Justin Jefferson finally had his get right game, 26 fantasy points at 118 yards, nine catches, and one receiving touchdown. Chris Godwin, 74, six and one rushing touchdown. 
He looks good out there. He always does. He's actually, of all the Tampa Bay receivers, he's the most consistent amongst them. The one thing that's starting to turn me off towards the Tampa Bay wide receivers is like, without these touchdowns, you're just not getting a whole lot. Like he was six for 74. So six catches and 74 yards. Um, but he did have a rushing touchdown too. So like that's the 19 points without that he's sitting below projection. So, uh, they really are touchdown dependent receivers in Tampa Bay, but if Tom Brady's throwing five, they're going to get him. Uh, Zeke. Oh, he definitely needed this one Two rushing touchdown, 95 rushing yards, three catches. Uh, we still saw a lot of really good Tony Pollard. So Zeke is now kind of sitting in like this RB 10 ish territory. So like the low end of RB one, it's not where you drafted him that you wanted him to be, but it's incredibly encouraging that he's producing this. I don't know why they can't just feed this man the ball more often. I get that Tony Pollard is a good speller, you know, in terms of health and they've got something going, but we don't care about that. We care about fantasy because we're not Dallas fans. So let Zeke run more. Dallas Goddard with just 8.6 pretty much matches his projection. He's tight end eight. They're going to get you around eight points. It's like standard, uh, but he was two for 66. So without that man, it would have been an absolute stinker. Marvin Jones, uh, a decent flex play last week, six catches for 62 yards. You kind of hope for a touchdown out of that to make it a bigger flex day, but that did not happen. Um, dealing with some injuries on the opposite side of the ball. T Higgins didn't play. Daryl Henderson didn't play. Um, and then, uh, yeah, some other, some other bench spots that were not a good fill in. Um, what I thought was kind of funny going into talking about blood brothers for this matchup was first of all, it's the first two and two, right? You've got Jeff and Jeff for Sean and Zach here. Um, if you were to look at Sean and Zach's bench here, you've got, Zero points from T. Higgins, zero points from Daryl Henderson. Understandable. They both didn't play. And then you've got Stevenson, who's got zero points. And you've got Tampa Bay's defense sitting on their bench at zero points. I, the reason I say Stevenson is because, what's it, Ramondre? Like, I just, I, that's a tough name for me. But anyway, I just, the, the bench put up like a grand total of 30 or maybe 40 points for or no, 50 points. Yeah, it's 50 points compared to Jeff Squared's 92 points here. So if, hey, if you're playing a bench game, Jeff Squared's bench would have won. Uh, but we're not. And so the total of that game, 142 to 89.12. So power ranking wise, Jeff fell back, obviously, because of the Christian McCaffrey injury. Blood Brothers moved up to third place. Jeff sitting in sixth place. Still not the worst of the worst. If we're in playoffs now, you're, you're, uh, you're facing the first seed. Uh, moving on to Bone City, and this is the year. Again, this is definitely not the year, but let's go over it. Baker Mayfield, who I actually thought was a good play um, coming into this against Chicago's defense, which has been better the past two weeks, but still relatively spotty. I mean, you saw it. They just collapsed at one point because they're on the field, and they fought really hard in that game. Baker just puts up about his projection, 16.9 to a 17-point projection. Calvin Ridley with eight catches for 61 yards. He, that man's getting fed targets, just no touchdown. Keenan Allen about the same thing. Eight uh, eight receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. So he's got 19 points. Tony Pollard, seven and a half. I mean, any given day, you're probably thinking that Tony Pollard is more that flex. Said it last week, we'll say it again. And a strong flex at that. Like, I actually really like the, the Tony Pollard as a flex play for the value you get him at in order to do that. But 
as RB2. It's not a solution. Latavius Murray is the other running back here as well. Um, you know, sure, 2.8 points, 28 rushing yards. Travis Kelsey, absolute stud muffin. This guy puts up 17 points. Uh, Robbie Anderson, they're going to figure it out eventually, but they just, you know, they didn't. And then uh, Buffalo this week, two picks, one fumble, and one sack. Uh, that puts up seven points for him. So, um, doesn't do the job. Bone City, Aaron Rodgers, 19 points. CD Lamb with just nine and a half, 66 yards, and uh, three receptions, and negative one rushing yards. The thing with CD Lamb that gets me is he, if you watched the game last night, like right out the gate, he was targeted and he had a huge catch and he just, he just missed the end zone. It was like a yard or two away and Zeke ends up taking it. I don't want to say Zeke snakes it, but he really kind of does. He just squeaks in there at the end. But CD Lamb has been really impressive. He's definitely like towards the back end of the WR1s. But even at that, at any given week, he can certainly go towards the front half of that. Not that there's a huge margin there. Debo Samuel getting better every week. I've got him ranked WR17. We'll go over that for next week's projections. 52, five catches. Um, he gets the most targets on that team. You know, and Kittle is not seeing as much. So Debo's hurting Kittle's value. Nobody's hurting Debo's value other than Ayuk, who will start to get worked in. It looks like there was some working in of Ayuk this week. Um, Najee Harris. Okay, so 14 catches, 102 receiving yards, and 40 rushing yards. They're not going to get this guy going on the ground this year. And it's it's dis, it's discouraging to watch the Steelers play this year. Like, in general, their defense sucks. T.J. Watt was injured and is out. Their, their defense has not been doing it. Um, but their offense can't get anything going. I think everybody agrees it's time for Big Ben to go. That That's not going to happen midseason. So this is what you're going to be dealing with all year is if Najee Harris can become a comfort, a security blanket to Roethlisberger, he'll continue to put up fantastic PPR points. So he'll be ranked high because of it. But without those kinds of games, you worry about Najee Harris's production. Um, but even then, worry is uh, a too strong of a word. I, Najee Harris is going to be fine. I've got him RB8, like I said. Um, David Montgomery was like the bright spot in the offense. I felt like any time they put the ball in his hands, he actually did something with it. 34 rushing yards, 21 re uh, receiving yards. On a, on a day where the Bears put up, what was it, either 60-some or 40-some yards of total offense, Montgomery accounting for a majority of that. I mean, it's just pathetic. We don't need to talk about Chicago. Uh, Darren Waller, not a standard day in the office, but we're looking at his floor here. He's got five catches for 54 yards here. Um, he's put up two of those four weeks. So, you know, if that's what Darren Waller's going to do at the tight end position, sure, fine. Yeah, great. Um, CEH finally has like a little turnaround game here, 100 yards on the ground, one receiving touchdown off two catches. Uh, he looked better than he did in the past couple weeks. I was very high on him coming into the season. You got a high octane offense. It's probably going to be in the red zone a lot. Um, they've just sort of proven they don't need to use him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I said that last week, but just to reiterate, like this week, those touchdowns weren't anomalies, but they weren't intended to get him going kind of touchdowns. So anyway, total in this game, 117 to 86 in favor of Brett Bone City here. Um, Jake falling to one and two, Brett rising to one and two camper dude versus kickers are people too. Um, this was kind of a, I mean, this is a brutal loss for Mick just because it puts him at two and one. He could have been, uh, tied for first place with a, 
two and two record. So this knocks him from first place effectively down to fifth place. And uh, Andy in a very strong second place here. He's got the most point total on the year. We kind of all know why. We'll get to that in a second. He's got two absolute studs in his team. His team really does look like the best team in the league right now. Daniel Jones, 16 and a half points, a shrewd play for a mix, but I love it. The guy's been running around like a madman. He had uh, 39 rushing yards, 266 passing yards, and one two-point conversion. Um, so he does meet his projection for the week just slightly under what Yahoo said, but I, I didn't have him that high. It was like 16 or 17 for me, which is right where he hit. Allen Robinson with two for 27, no comment. Tyree Kill, very quiet day. Five receiving uh, or five receptions, one fumble loss, 56 yards. That, that's you're not going to get that often. Uh, Joe Mixon with a quiet day himself. He's uh, what do we got here? Anyway, yeah, Joe Mixon with a uh, a pretty quiet day. Um, yeah, just the 10 and a half points there. Chris Carson, 16 and a half. He's looking real good this year. Very touchdown dependent, but he's getting them, so they're using him. Gronkowski was questionable. He got hit in the ribs, put up nine and a half. Now, this guy, I think we're looking at his floor here at seven, right? Or at, at eight, nine and a half, because he was seven targets, four catches for 55 yards. Look, look at his weeklies from here. He caught all eight in week one, two touchdowns. Last week he was he had five targets, four catches for two touchdowns and 40 yards. So, um, you know, maybe the floor is a little lower than this, but it's still not a bad floor to have. Like I said, good offense. Good to have a tight end on that offense. Mike Williams. Um, here, important to note, Mike Williams. Very underrated. And I'll bet you guys don't know his totals without being told them. Like, there are so many other wide receivers out there that you would have been like, oh, yeah, I'll take them. I mean, Keenan Allen has less points for the Chargers than Mike Williams has, okay? Mike Williams is being used more than Keenan Allen is on the Chargers. He's running more routes than Keenan Allen is. He's being targeted more than Keenan Allen is on the Chargers. This is crazy to me. He had 12 targets in week one, eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. Week two, he had 10 targets for seven catches and 91 and a touchdown. Week three, he had nine targets, so less than normal, but seven catches for 122 yards two touchdowns and one two-point conversion, ending up with 33.2 points. I mean, talk about somebody who you probably got for even WR3 value, if even, that's giving you WR1 value that at worst will be a WR2. So great flex play for Mick. Um, you love to see him getting intertwined in that offense a little bit more. Um, unfortunately, doesn't, equate because Andy just romps him. Oh, and then he got Las Vegas's defense that got a safety in two sacks, put up four points. Matt Stafford um, quietly rising in the ranks uh, as far as my quarterback projections go. He's 24, 18, 29 and as far as points go through three weeks. Um, this last one was going to be a shootout. Definitely was. Fun game to watch. They actually look more explosive than Tampa Bay did, uh, which has him, you know, very big Super Bowl contenders whenever you can beat them. Um, DK Metcalf, 170 yards, six catches, one receiving touchdown. Cooper Cup, two touchdowns, of course. Typical day at the office. Cooper Cup with 30 points. Um, he has not had anything under 23 points this entire year, and that was outside week one. Derrick Henry with 19 points as well. Uh, you know, he had 28 attempts <laughs> this past week. I mean, 
in 28 attempts. I don't know. I'm laughing because you, you pray that your running back gets 18 attempts, but like they used him 18 times week one and he got 58 yards. Yeah. They'll just run him 28 times. Uh, as far as anybody else on that team goes, you know, AJ Brown is injured right now. And I, I just, you know, I, I think you can't do better than Derrick Henry right now in the league. He's got to be RB1. I don't care if he's not catching as many passes. They're actually using it. If he can catch like two or three passes in a game, he's just going to crush it. So Austin Eckler looks to be the benefactor of the trade from Zeke and Eckler so far. Uh, not loving the rushing attempt numbers, but not complaining about the receiving value here. Um, they, they upped it a little bit from what it was before. He does get the goal line stuff now. So all fantasy projections that were indicating Eckler on the ranks, on the rise. Uh, Andy quietly hanging under the RB1 and the RB2 right now in the league. Tyler Higby, uh, one touchdown, five catches, 40 yards, 15 fantasy points. Not going to get that on a regular basis, but uh, Higby had a great day. Definitely did. Uh, and then New England's defense and Julio Jones. Uh, Julio Jones should put up more. Always questionable. He's got a questionable tag right now. Andy wins 150 to 104. And then the last matchup will go through relatively quickly here. Uh, at the same time, we'll focus on it. Uh, I it's Just a bad day for, for Peel in general. Don't want to dwell on it too much. Jalen Hurts with 22.5 points. If you watched the game last night, you saw that guy running around for his life. But uh, he survived 326 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and, and 35 rush yards. It felt like he had more. With the amount of running he was doing, it looked like he had 400 rushing yards just because he spent so much time running around that backfield for his life. Felt bad for him. D-Hop, one of the quietest games I've ever seen him in. He'll have a bounce back this week with uh, three catches for 21 yards. Um, A.J. Brown gets injured, a hamstring injury. He goes out, .3 points. Nick Chubb uh, should have had a much bigger day versus Chicago, but Chicago's defense did play well for all intent and purposes. So Nick Chubb with just 8.5. Kamara with 20. You expect that from him. Noel Fant with 3.5. Robert Woods with 6.8. Cup has taken away a lot of his value. And then Pittsburgh... Their defense without T.J. Watt is not good, um, especially when their offense is as bad as they've been, which is unfortunate because, like, you draft Pittsburgh's defense probably second after the Rams, and this is what you're getting. Like, I got them ranked all the way at 23 this upcoming week. Uh, we'll, like I said, when we get to the matchups, we'll go over that. Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray. This is a low score, or this is a low day for him. It's 20 points. Um, Adam Thielen with 17. Uh, he, he's touchdown dependent, six catches, one one touchdown for 50 yards. Uh, Kenny Galladay, quiet day, four catches, 64 yards, 10 points. Kareem Hunt with a huge burst run against the Bears. He looked angry making that run, so actually looked really good. Miles Gaskin with 10.5 points. I'd like to see him more involved with Miami's uh, offense, and I'm, I'm hoping Flores does turn around and give Gaskin more credit. Mark Andrews with 15.9, 109 receiving yards off five catches. Hawkinson with a loogie of a day. He has three points in total, two for 10. So any kind of trade value that you could have gotten him for him previous week, you might have to wait on that. He'll be fine the rest of the way. Nothing to panic on. But if you're thinking about trading tight ends uh, to anybody, they're going to try and get a little bit less from you. Um, and I know somebody that wants tight ends. So, you know, maybe I say that a little bit too willingly. Um, let's look at the season now. Typically this is like our, you know, one of the, the check marks after three games is it's big for a lot of reasons. 
week four is typically the week that I use as a marker to say like, okay, I need to start making some moves based on these roster spots or how they've been used these previous weeks. Other, other times I'm going to look at just potential trades. You know, for example, I know I've said my team is comprised of a lot of same team players, which is not something I do. It just ended up that way. Um, so looking for trades for likewise players just to get them off of a team is helpful for me, even if it's like a lateral move for the other person. Um, you know, it's, it's beneficial for me because like getting Mike Evans from Mari Cooper would be beneficial for me because yeah, they're practically the same player, but one of them's on Dallas and one of them's not. So, you know, if Tom has a bad passing day, only Tom has a bad day for me. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper, it'll be up to him whether or not he would have a good day in that scenario. Uh, all right, let's go over the points or let's go over the, the standings as it is right now. I have to take a very deep breath before I do this and a sip of my coffee at four o'clock in the afternoon. That's just been stewing here stale, sort of like this festering comment I have to make about who's in first place right now. All right. After my awkward pause. All right. So before I get into this, I, I guess I have to say three game win streak. Obviously they're three. No <laughs> third in waivers, zero roster moves. No <laughs> has only put up 372 points. It's, that's not too bad. I mean, that's actually a lot of points has only had 284 points against. Okay. 284 through three weeks. That means on average, you're looking at less than 100 points a game against. So congratulations, Scalis at 3-0, 372 points for, 284 points against. Um, definitely one of those teams that I would say plays good fantasy defense. So, yeah, kudos, buddy, kudos. Uh, enjoy it while it lasts. It's not going to last long. Uh, because the guy who should be in first place is riding up the coattails, 435 points for 364 points against, which is one of the higher ones against in the league. Actually, not quite towards the top, but not towards about it's like middle of the pack in terms of points against um, Andy at two and one Sean and Zach are a very short margin for third place. They have 349 points against They're on their, their uh, one game win streak here. And then Jake, the snake in, in fourth place, um, practically tied. We're off by basically 0.3 at this point. Actually, 0.2, really. Uh, 366.72 to 366.48. Um, then you got Camper Dude, Hans Molman. Um, Camper Dude is the last of the two and ones. Hans Molman is the beginning of the one and twos. Bone City, this is the year. Thundercats, and then riding the bottom completely by himself is. Pontiac Bandits. Now, Pontiac Bandits has 401 points against, 340 points for. Uh, 340 points is not, you know, top of the pack, but it just goes to show. I mean, obviously matchups and just getting routed by people having great weeks against him. Things will change. He's he's still higher. Um, let's look at the actual um, league analysis here. I have the power rankings here based on expert consensus rankings before I get into next week's matchups. I figure since we're going over some studs here, we might as well look at projected standings and then the power rankings based on the rest of the season. And it's interesting, right? Because 
like I, I do use fantasy pros for a lot of what I do in fantasy for daily. I use it for a lot of what I do here, but what gets me is we've got, and I kid you not, this is honestly the projected standings for the year. Okay. Kickers are people too, first place, an 86% chance to make the playoffs and a 21% chance to be the champion. He's a very strong candidate to have the year that we think Andy should have barring injury at this point. In second place would be Galus's gents. Now this is mostly based off the record, but a 76% chance to make the playoffs, only a 10% chance to be a champion uh, of the league. In third in the projected standings is Jake the Snake. Um, oh, here, just a rank change. Andy goes up one, Galus goes down one, Jake the Snake. Uh, a 72% chance to make the playoffs and a 12% to be the champion. A, a rise of one in the power rankings. Blood Brothers, or I'm sorry, yeah, the projected standings. Blood Brothers drops one in the that, but uh, a 71 chance to make the playoffs, 11% champion. Camper Dude would be fifth with a 66% chance to make the playoffs at this point and a 10% chance to be the champion. This is where things get real muddy just because the percentage is based off the projections here. Hans Molman at six. Um, projected record would be six and eight. Uh, basically a 49% chance to make the playoff and an 8% to be the champion. Uh, Bone City with a 48% chance to make it. Uh, Thundercats, who raises one in the ranks uh, this week, a 47% chance and a 7% chance to be champ. This is the year with a 46% chance dropping one in the ranking and a 7% chance to be champion. And Pontiac Bandits with a 40% uh, playoff odd and then a, uh, a 7% chance to win the championship. So um, for those of you at the bottom of this pack, um, it might be time to make some moves. It might be time to do some things a little differently. Um, this is sort of a stat line that's skewed for me just because I know how this works. I've used Fantasy Pros for years. I know what they like when it comes to drafting, which is why you see me draft a certain way pretty consistently. Uh, I'm very running back heavy. There's a reason for that, and that comes into when the power rankings happen. But I, I, I also have come to realize that running backs are more of a dart throw than any other position. There are running backs that will win you a league. There are wide receivers that will help you a bunch that you can get off the waiver that come on it's much more rare with like a running back we saw that with elijah moore or whatever his name is from san francisco he was like a big ad for everybody i know fab leagues and he was saying that somebody paid 53 bucks for him on a hundred dollar fab budget and it's like that's just way too much and now he's injured and doubtful and probably honestly lost his job and he's not going to play this week i think it's gonna be trey sermon alone jamichael hasty went on ir and you know getting a running back like Trey Sermon, who somehow you guys let me get, which is weird. Um, you know, it's just he could help a lot. He can he can really help a lot because he should have a job in a high octane offense, and uh, that's a good offense to be a part of. I'm not really sure who's scoring all the points for San Francisco quite yet. They're confusing. Kyle Shanahan doesn't give a shit about fantasy, uh, which I wish he would play. He'd enjoy it. Uh, power rankings. Rest of the season power rankings. Jake the Snake in first. Um, they think I have the best flex. They think I have the worst tight end. They're certainly not wrong. Um, second, 
So the, the first score is 100, right? They're going to weight this 100, and then everybody after that, they're going to weight against that 100. So I'm I'm the marker, according to Fantasy Pros, as like the best that you can get in this league. That doesn't mean like I have a perfect score. It just means everybody else is marked against that grade. Kickers are people, too, with a score of 95. So keep in mind I'm 100. Uh, kickers are people, too, is 95. Um, he has the best running backs in the league. He's got, uh, he's got a... a Six in flex, defense is six, tight end is six, starters, he's he's got the best starters in the league, but he's got the fourth in bench. Um, and I say but, he's got the fourth in bench means really literally nothing. Uh, Pontiac Bandits, who is last on a lot of metrics, is third in the power rankings. And here's what people don't realize about Ryan's team. He has the best defense. He has the best wide receiver core. He's got the second best quarterback. He's got the second best best flex. He's got the third best tight end. He's got the second best starters. And he's got the third best bench. What crushes him is he has absolutely dick off for running backs. So talk about a team that can be absolutely scary if somehow, some way, the running backs that he does have manage to come out of their hole and perform. Uh, Ryan's team would be one, two, I mean, you have a little bit of a hole to dig out here at the beginning of the season, but this is a really good team, and don't look past him. Fourth is Camper Dude. He's a 92 for score, by the way. Um, it drops pretty drastically after this. Camper Dude is 82. Um, Camper Dude is third in wide receiver, fourth on flex, fifth on tight end, sixth in running back. Uh, shrewd that it's fifth on tight end because Mick drafted Gronk like way after everybody had drafted every other tight end available. And, and Gronk is going Gronk. So, um, yeah, bench is second. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it's one of those weird things where, like, Mick has a really good bench, but starters, he's eighth. So if injuries do happen, which they will, unfortunately, it'll start to come to fruition that that turns a corner. Thundercats is is ranked 80 on the score here. Pretty much middle of the pack and everything. Third in running backs to be noted. And then, uh, yeah, just about fourth through seventh. Just middle of the pack on the rest of that stuff. Blood Brothers, 76 score. Um, second best defense, third best quarterback. We'll, we won't go through the rest of this. Bone City, second best tight end. Third best flex. Third best in starters in the league. Uh, ninth in bench. Uh, Hans Molman. Take a big hit this week. Now he's fourth in running backs, fourth in QB, 10th in starters, and sixth in bench. This is what happens when you lose Christian McCaffrey, so I'm not surprised by that. This is the year. Best tight end in a league, third best defense, literally the worst bench, uh, fourth in starters. Injuries will kill teams that are past five on this. So he's he's a 69, Hans Mullen was 70, Bone City was 72. And uh, last but certainly not least, because literally sitting in first, so that'll tell you how the power rankings are against the actual score line here, with a score of 67 as Galus' is gents. Best QB, though, you know, hands down, Kyler Murray, best QB. He's still my MVP candidate for the year. Um, fourth in tight ends, hanging on to a lot of them. Um, seventh in bench, ninth in starters, worst wide receivers, second worst running backs, and not a good flex. Those are three very valuable positions, so... Um, that's where we're sitting on rest of the season power rankings here. Uh, as far as this upcoming week goes, I'm not going to dive through everything specifically, but, uh, grading on a score of hundred down. Andy is hundred Pontiac bandits is 96 blood brothers is 94 bone city is 93. 
Thundercats is 92. Jake the Snake is 90. Camper Dude is 90. Galus Gents is 86. This is the year is 84. And Hans Moment is a paltry 67. So that's the week four power rankings. If you're concerned how you match up, just listen to your number that was called there and then bump it up against who you're playing this week and you can kind of surmise what you think the outcome will be. But you never know because uh, it's never going to actually be 100% what that was. Um, okay, let's go through very quickly and not quite the normal in-depth analysis of the upcoming matchups this week. We've got Hans Molman and Pontiac Bandits. We've got Galus' Jensen. This is the year. We've got Thundercats and Camper Dude. we got Blood Brothers and Kickers Are People Too. And we've got Jake the Snake and Bone City. We'll go from the bottom to the top here with Hans Molman and Hans Molman and Pontiac Bandits. So 131 to 119, they have Ryan in favor of. I've got the margin 123 to 113 in favor of Ryan here. I think this is Ryan's get right week, especially when you have so many poor performances from players. They typically have a bounce back week. Now, I can't say that for Kenny Drake. I'll th- I think he'll stay middle of the pack just because Vegas is not using him as a primary back. Um, and they're not wanting him to replace, um, what's his name? I forget. They're not wanting him to take over the starting running back role. Uh, Josh Jacobs, they're, they don't want him to take that spot. They want him to be the third down back and they're going to use him as the third down back. And that's it. I don't like that. Kenny Drake is talented unless they know something I don't know. Um, but it is what it is. And that's the way it's going to be. Um, Jeff on the other side of the ball, Dak Prescott, Lockett, Cooper, Barkley, Gordon. Um, that's Melvin Gordon, who has been good this year. Um, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and then Arizona. Jeff, suggestion, move Jamar Chase out of your flex spot because he plays the Thursday night game and uh, move move somebody who plays the later game like Tyler Lockett into your flex spot to give yourself some wiggle room if an injury does happen. Um, Ryan has a 325 in there right now. Um, but if you are going to supplement a running back, obviously, uh, Kenny Drake doesn't play until Monday. Somehow Vegas is getting like these primetime games and everybody's watching. Um, okay. So that's that matchup of the week. I've got Ryan getting his get right week. Um, this is the year in Galus gents. Here's your, here's your matchup of the week. Like literally pay the closest attention to this matchup because I certainly know these guys aren't going to be paying as much attention to it as we are. Uh, you've got Jake. With uh, 130 to 116 on Yahoo, I've got the line at 117 to 104 in favor of Jake. So Jake should go 2-2 two and two and Galus will be 3-1. Leave it to Jake to hopefully deliver the first loss to Galus. I just think that's going to be just sweet, sweet, sweet victory. Um, Baker, Ridley, Allen, Pollard, Cook, Kelsey, Robbie Anderson, Buffalo. Nothing different than what you saw last week. To Murray, Thielen, Galladay, Hunt, Gaskin, Andrews, Hawkinson, and Denver for Galus. Um, 60 to 40% chance. Like I said, I got Jake to, to win that one a little bit different than Yahoo does camper dude and Thundercats, uh, a much closer matchup than, uh, some of these other ones. Um, Hertz, Hopkins, Woods, Chubb, Kamara, Fant, Sutton, Pittsburgh, uh, calling it now. I think Robert Woods is going to have his biggest game of the year this week. Uh, it's Arizona. It's certainly possible that that can happen. And he needs it. So I bet you Robert Woods goes off for over 25 points this week. And I'm going to give the win to uh, Peel, even though I have him projected to win just slightly, 119 to uh, 117 in favor. 
Um, on the other side, Joe Burrow, Tyreek Hill, Robbie Anderson, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Williams, and Vegas. It will be tougher than it looks, but I think people will pull this one out. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, we've got Blood Brothers and Kickers Are People 2. Uh, in this one, really no contest uh, as far as like Yahoo has it, but I would tell you that you should expect a much closer matchup than what they say. Stafford, Metcalf, Cup, Henry, Eckler, Higby, Jones, New England for Andy to uh, Allen, Jefferson, Godwin, Taylor, Elliott, Goddard, Jones, Baltimore. Give me 124 for Andy, 119 for Blood Brothers. Yes, I think Andy wins again. Yes, I, I think he goes hot here and doesn't lose too many from here on out, barring any injury. Um, 124, 119. So just a five-point difference compared to Yahoo's like 13-point difference here. Um, yeah, I don't think Andy has an extra player's worth of people, but Derrick Henry can do that to you, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, another close one. Yahoo's got us at 51. Uh, I'm sorry, 127 to 126 uh, in favor of Brett. Um, Rogers, Lamb, Samuel, Harris, Montgomery, Waller, Edwards, or Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Cleveland to Tom Brady, McLaurin, Evans, Gibson, Swift, Cook, Jones, Carolina. I'm going to be making some moves prior to the game. I won't say what they are here, uh, but I currently have the line at 122 to 116 in favor of Brett. Brett's team is is very good, and uh, he's got Darren Waller is bound to have a much bigger game on Monday Night Football. Um, Najee Harris might be that security blanket against uh, Green Bay. He needs to be that in order to uh, put up those big numbers. And CD Lamb's going to have a bounce back game, so it's going to be tough sledding, I think, for me this week. I would I would definitely give the edge to Brett, unfortunately. Um, but that's what we're looking at for week four. That's all I've got this week. Good luck to everybody on their matchups. Um, make sure you set your lineups. Remember, put your, your later guys in your flex spots uh, as to not have injuries come into play in a, uh, you know, in a position that you can't replace or you're just kind of stuck at that point. So that's what the flex spot is for, to be able to bump in a, a guy if, uh, if you have somebody to substitute from that point. Uh, like I said, good luck, and uh, you know, go get your pet spade and neutering help control the pet population. Have a good one.